Uh, you want to run the story? You got five hours until eight o'clock. You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Welcome to the Collegian Week in Review. Here's your hosts, Elizabeth Troutman and Aubrey Gulick. Welcome to this week's Collegian Week in Review. I am your co-host, Aubrey Gulick. And I am producer Megan Pidcock. Today, we will be talking to Olivia Hycheck about the Goal Program's first Buddy Olympics, Elise Hawkins about the unusually high numbers that local food pantries have seen following the COVID-19 federal aid and stimulus checks running out. And finally, we will be talking to Michaela Estruth about her piece on the history of the Slayton Arboretum. We will then have a brief sports update. Olivia is a sophomore and a reporter with the Collegian. She attended the Goal Volunteer Program's first Buddy Olympics this past Saturday at Hayden Park. So, Olivia, what did the event look like? Well, there were some Hillsdale College student volunteers, uh, quite a few of them actually, and then some special needs buddies from the Hillsdale community. And they got together at Hayden Park for uh, an afternoon of different competitive games and just having fun together. Awesome. So about how many of uh, the special needs kids were there? There were 11 special needs buddies. And then I don't have an exact count on volunteers, but there were quite a few volunteers. Awesome. That's amazing. So what was the reaction of the kids? Um, from what I could tell, they seemed to be having a great time. Uh, the games were super fun. They did uh, some relay kind of games, uh, played with hula hoops. Uh, they did some volleyball kind of games out on the volleyball court, and then they did freeze dance, which was upbeat and exciting, and I think everybody seemed to have a really good time. Awesome. So I've actually never played freeze dance. What exactly does that even look like? It looks like a DJ playing really upbeat and fun music, sometimes special requests from the buddies participating, and then turning off the music and everybody having to freeze. The catch is, if you don't freeze on time, then you have to stay still for an additional five seconds. And they had fun with that, and um, it got really exciting. And even when it rained, there were still a lot of people out dancing in the rain. That's awesome. Yeah, so you talked about the rain quite a bit in your article, which I thought was really sweet. Um, so what, uh, what impact did that have on the event? Not as much as you would think. Um, they stopped the competitive outdoor games. They, were, they stopped the relay games at the soccer field and the volleyball games at the volleyball court and brought everyone back near the clubhouse. And some people went inside the clubhouse and just talked and hung out. And then a decent amount of people stayed out on the patio behind the clubhouse and kept on with the freeze dance. That's amazing. Um, so do you know what the inspiration behind doing this kind of an event was? Yeah, I talked to Lucy, the goal program coordinator, and or maybe just goal coordinator, not sure her exact title. But uh, she said it was inspired by the Special Olympics. Um, it's not a partnership with the Special Olympics. This is just something that the goal office is putting on. It's not with a specific goal program. There are 
multiple goal programs that give students the opportunity to volunteer with special needs uh, community members. Um, this was just something the goal office as a whole put on, and I think it I think it turned out really really well. That's amazing. What do you feel like it means for the campus that like students are so willing to get involved with the community and like to volunteer and help out? I think well, first of all, it shows you that. Hillsdale students care about their community and they're not just here um, for what they can get out of it, but also what they're able to give. But, I mean, you could see from the way the event was, it goes both ways. And I think the volunteers are having as much fun as the buddies were. And um, I think that was one of the sweet things that you could see once the rain came is that... um, people weren't there just for the competition and whatever else there was uh a desire to connect with um to connect with people and the rain didn't stop that at all and so it wasn't a lot of complaining because the event is now not what we were expecting it was a lot of well we'll have fun anyway because we're all here together that's amazing so was there something that maybe like stuck to you, stuck out to you about the event or I don't know something that happened that you weren't able to fit into the article because it was a really short article like something that you wish you'd been able to say but weren't able to Um I would say it's hard always to be able to describe what it's like to be somewhere mm-hmm. um especially in a more news related article but I think it was really cool just the attitude that everybody had and how positive and upbeat and uplifting it was and uh, how much the people just were there to connect with each other and cared about each other and just enjoyed like the smallest things like the conversations you would hear it was it, like when people were inside eating pizza afterwards it wasn't oh, the rain this, the rain Mm. that, and we didn't get to do this, didn't get to do that. It was talking about their families and talking about their dinner and um, getting really excited over the football game that was going (laughs) on. And it was just super cool to see that there was so much more to it than just the event and what you could get out of it and um, how important those relationships were. A a sweet story that I thought was fun. One of the buddies, um, Lindsay Osborne, uh, she... I mentioned her briefly in my article, but Mm -hmm. she didn't realize that I was there as a reporter, of course. I mean, I was just another person there. And so she, like, brought her water bottle to me and asked me if I could hold it for her and could I put her name on it, I think, so that, like, it wouldn't get (laughs) misplaced or whatever. But it was so sweet. Everyone there was just um, ready to connect with people and build relationships and have an awesome time, whatever that looked like. That's amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Olivia. Um, Sounds like it was a really great event. And I definitely hope it comes back in future years. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. I was glad to come. This is the Collegian Week in Review. Now we are going to be talking to assistant editor Elise Hawkins about her story about um, local food pantries. Uh, So, Elise, can you tell me sort of the situation that we're seeing um, due to COVID-19 federal aid and stimulus checks running out? Yeah, so I went and spoke to um, the local Salvation Army, and I also spoke to a local church that runs a food pantry. And they were basically saying that um, 
really they are starting to see numbers go back up. So when COVID first started, um, the numbers really skyrocketed and they had to even put new food programs in place. So um, Salvation Army started a new lunch program um, because of COVID-19. And they were starting to kind of see their numbers drop off a little bit from that spike that um, COVID caused. But then now with um, unemployment benefits being cut off, as well as um, no more stimulus money coming in for local families, um, they're starting to see those numbers go back up. Um, they also saw a correlation between um, unemployment numbers being high still, um, and they kind of pointed out that um, why aren't people going back to work, really? Um, that was kind of their big point. Um, so uh, yeah, really, so as the COVID-19 aid goes away, um, we're still seeing those families that are in need of it seeking help from local food pantries still. What are some of the challenges that these food pantries are facing at the current moment? Yeah, so one of the biggest ones that they said is um, the food chain is still disrupted. And so they are seeing uh, prices for food still be very high. Um, they're also seeing volunteers not as willing to come out because of COVID. Um, so really, they have a, a short advantage a shortage of volunteers um, as well as food being more expensive um, and that's just making it difficult for them to continue the day-to-day -day operations of the food pantries. Um, uh, how has Hillsdale, um, the college, tried to be involved in this? Yeah, so one of the biggest things, um, there's a goal program um, and the program leader for that is Ethan Richards and he's a senior here at Hillsdale. And he actually began volunteering um, after he saw the spike um, in their need for volunteers during COVID. So he began volunteering the summer that COVID was really in effect, so summer of 2020. And he uh, got involved because he was just seeing a need for that. And he, so then he was also the program leader for the goal program um, here on campus. And they take volunteers out every week to work with their food pantry and to work in their store as well. And so he's really just getting students involved, um, getting them out into the local community and you know, meeting that need um, that the food pantry, uh, the, the Salvation Army food pantry has for volunteers. Um, Hillsdale College um, also uh, is donating overproduced meals um, to Salvation Army. So. Um, Kathy Stump, who's the office manager there at Salvation Army, um, said that's been so very helpful for them um, with their lunch program um, and keeping that running. Do you have any general thoughts um, about the situation or anything to add? Yeah, so something that I thought was really interesting is that, um, so Father's Table is the food pantry that uh, the local um, Al Bethel Pentecostal Church runs. And something that they pointed out is they actually do not receive any funding, um, government funding. And so it's completely privately funded. And so um, they were really speaking to the need of getting local people involved, um, especially college students. Um, they, you know, and not even just in donations, but really in volunteers, um, but getting the community involved. Both of them also accept um, clothing donations. Um, so it's not even just food that's needed. Um, the father's table said that they're you know giving out uh, hygiene products and all these things um, and are really just being um, given out to the community that's still in great need of it even as you know 
the country tries to return to normal, and we're still seeing those high numbers um, searching for help um, within their community because of COVID. Thank you so much for coming in and talking to us today. Yeah, of course. Thank you for taking the time to talk with me. You're listening to the Collegian Week in Review. Slayton Operatum is a feature of Hillsdale College that has enchanted students since 1863. Freshman and Collegian freelancer Michaela S. Truth investigated the history behind the ARB this week. So, Michaela, you interviewed Dr. Van Zant, Associate Professor of Biology and Director of the ARB, about his history. How did the ARB get started? So the ARB was first founded by two friends who basically went, were looking for a place to smoke and talk. That's what Dr. Van Zant called it, um, after a sermon on a Sunday. And so they kind of stumbled up upon this hill, the ARB, which is today the ARB. But at the time, they named it Mount Zion after the sermon uh, that was preached that morning. Awesome. So what's been the history of the ARB since it got started? So for a while, the Arboretum was referred to as Mount Zion and students just kind of went there to hang out um it was a lot more casual it wasn't really a named place it was just and I like a place that all students knew about at Hillsdale but then the Slayton family donated money to the building of the ARB and it became like an actual place but students that was in the 1920s and students basically still referred to it as Mount Zion for a really long time but that kind of increased student interest in it And then throughout the 1920s and 30s, um, Dr. Barber was the groundskeeper of the ARB, and he basically kept the grounds um, neat, and he, like, took care of the ARB. And so once he died, the ARB kind of fell into disrepair. And that was then towards the 1970s, the college decided that they weren't going to pay for the upkeep of the ARB. They weren't going to invest in it anymore. And so student interest had kind of declined over those years, and um, the chief, the editor-in-chief of the Collegian at the time was really concerned about this because he knew what a special place the ARB was for students and what it meant to them like years ago. And so he wrote to donors and past alumni, I think, um, asking for donations. And then he got tons of responses. And like actually in the Collegian in the 1970s, there's an edition that like published the responses of those donors and the alumni super interested in yeah (laughs) super super interested in uh keeping the arb alive and donating their money so then that kind of regrew student interest you could say um and the students actually donated three thousand dollars as well and then the arb the college decided to keep the arb alive and yeah ever since then it's been kind of in repair and today Dr. Van Zant is trying to continue to grow interest in the ARB and have even more occasions there, parties there, social events there, um, and have students utilize it all the time. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So what was the most surprising thing that you learned about while covering this story that maybe you weren't able to fit into the article? Um, I didn't fit. This This is kind of like hinted at throughout the article, but I was I was really surprised by the influence of the Collegian and Andy Nichols' like use of words, basically, mm-hmm. to persuade um, the donors and the alumni who still cared about the ARB. It was, it was just striking to me about kind of you know we're all at Hillsdale and we're all going through this together. And then even as after you graduate, you still have a love not just for the college but for specific places in the college, mm-hmm. and um, they really care about that. And so 
the power of the press, even in a small town of Hillsdale through the Collegian, and then the love of Hillsdale, I think were the two main things that I got from it. Yeah, awesome. So what has been your experience with the ARB, and how do you think it um, contributes to student life now? So my sister actually just graduated in May, and every year, or any time I would visit her when she was in college, the place I wanted to go was the ARB. I thought it was absolutely beautiful. I begged her to go take pictures there one year because I just thought it was stunning. Um, and so I was so excited coming to Hillsdale as a freshman to be able to like go there all the time. And I have. I've gotten to go there, and it's it's a wonderful place. It's so peaceful. You can do homework there, Bible study. I've called my parents and just like walked around on the grounds. <laughs> there was this one day that uh, in the morning I went and did homework and then no one was there and I was walking down the rocks along the waterfall and I just started singing and it's kind of embarrassing but it was also so fun and it was just really refreshing and filling. So that's what I love about the ARB and I hope that students utilize that place because sometimes in the busyness of Hillsdale you kind of forget to give your body and mind rest and the ARB is a really good place for that. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. You're listening to the Collegian Week in Review. In this past week of Hillsdale College Sports, the football team won their first conference game of the season against Tiffin University Dragons, 24-21. The cross-country teams both did well, with the women's team placing fifth at their Invitational. The golf team set a new program record of best score, the tennis team won their match against Saginaw Valley 6-1, and softball split their last game against Purdue. Last, but certainly not least, the volleyball team won their 12th consecutive game of the season. All in all, a pretty good week for Hillsdale Chargers. Radio Free Hillsdale's The Collegian Week in Review continues. That was Collegian Week in Review. We talked to Olivia Hychek about her experience at the Gold Program's first Buddy Olympics this Saturday. Elise Hawkins talked about the unusually high numbers local food pantries have seen following COVID-19 federal aid and stimulus checks running out. And we talked to Michaela S. Truth about the history behind Slayton Arboretum. Stories we're watching this week include Jordan B. Peterson um, being announced as the 2022 commencement speaker. He is a professor of psychology at the University of Toronto, author of three books, and is a public intellectual hosting a podcast and engaging with his wide following on social media. Students and faculty have suggested Peterson as a commencement speaker for years, Provost Christopher Van Orman said. The state budget forced local health agency Branch Hillsdale St. Joseph Community Health Agency to remove its mandatory quarantine order in order to maintain funding. Hillsdale County will receive funding from the 2022 Michigan State Budget, and the budget will primarily provide the Sheriff's Office with upgrades to its radio services. You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. You can check out The Collegian on our website or on our Instagram at Collegian. Collegian.